Hey, um, welcome to this kind of weirdo thing that I'm planning on doing. I, I posted a couple of days ago. Oh, uh, this is Trevor Strong, Kegelblunt on Twitter. You are listening to the Patreon episode. Um, although I guess this one's going to be free as well as a way to uh, highlight what I'm up to. Um, but I posted about this the other day and said that I was going to be doing something kind of stupid um, <laughs> on Saturday. Uh, and uh, I finally got the time to actually start the stupid thing, which is uh, I'm thinking of uh, posting once a day, um, every day on the Patreon, uh, some sort of audio uh, that I will be mastering. I don't have to involve anyone else in it. Uh, Julian is a master, uh, producer of course, but, uh, you know, he only has so much time and I think adding seven in a week seems a bit unfair. Uh, so quality will vary, um, both in terms of audio and content. Um, topics will vary, um, you know, coherence, length, etc. will vary. But so I wanted to do this because I started getting really panicked about, about, um, you know, just, uh, the show, I guess, like, not that the show's going badly, obviously. Um, I think the show's going great. We're having all sorts of cool guests. Um, we have like three episodes coming out per week, pretty regularly. It's like a pretty solid podcast at this point. I don't have any real concern. Um, you know, it, it, it feels good to me. Um, that said, my concern was more about, um, you know, the, the, the other stuff I do in life to, to pay the bills, right? Um, various other uh, day jobs and such. Uh, I'm not going into it here because I don't think it's interesting, but if you're curious, you always can ask me. Um, I'll be transparent about what I do and, and, I mean, to a certain degree, what I earn. Um, although, you know, I'm not Glassdoor over here. But um, I do think, like, there is a concern in my mind, uh, sort of maybe at the uh, at the center of my heart, that uh, I'm not capable of, um, you know, doing this forever. Like, maybe there's maybe there's a limit. Maybe maybe like I'll have to stop the Patreon or do just once a month or whatever. Right? Like, there's there's a concern, and that that concern should be understood as like primarily an anxiety that I have. There's no practical reason that I have to stop. There's no real reason. There's no real intention to stop. I, I want to keep doing this for ever. You know, it's, it's, it's what I like. Um, but one of the things that scares me about stopping, right, is that the, the podcast represents at this point, along with the book uh, coming out, one of the, the avenues of, of production that I really, uh, I don't know, find edifying, find useful, find energizing, um, and more and more, I'm really starting to rely on those in my professional life. Um, like I want them there. I want to be able to be. Uh, I want to be able to produce things that um, I think are viable and interesting. Um, even you know, and I'm realizing, even if others don't necessarily, or if they're a little weird, or if they like don't appeal as in like such a broad base as others, right? Um, there's this sense of wanting them to be out there. Uh, so. These all kind of combine to make me think, like, you know, maybe something that I should do before the book comes out, um, you know, in, in a rush. Because the book's coming out in November, um, so there's some time. Uh, you'll hear more about it, of course, on the show and on, on this show as well. Um, maybe I should just, like, start doing these projects. Maybe I should uh, force myself to uh, do a little more content, but nothing, you know, particularly... Um, delineated, nothing that will be stressful insofar as I can always come up with something to do, but that'll force me to actually like think about something new every night, think about something that I care about and get it out there in the world. Um, you know, that way should the worst ever happen and I have to drop this show for some reason, at least I've done some of the stuff I wanted to, right? Again, 
this is all in my anxiety-riddled brain. Understand, like, there is no risk of the show ending. The risk is, what if I burn out because I have to do, like, three jobs to keep it going? Um, you know, obviously, the jobs with the least money will go away first. And this is natural math for anyone who isn't uh, a scion of industry or something like that, right? Um, but there's no real indication of that happening. It's just this 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 overarching fear, right? And maybe people who create content or maybe anyone, I don't know. I, I can't get outside of my own head on this one. Um, this, this fear that like there won't be enough time and there won't be enough world to actually create the things that matter to me, right? Maybe I'll end the podcast someday and think like, oh, I wish I would have done X or I wish I would have done Y. And then I don't have a platform to do it and I don't have the ability or time to do it and, and it's over. You know, the other thing is that I want to revitalize the Patreon. You know, the Patreon is something that I'm really proud of, you know, outside of the money, right? Like, the money's something, for sure. Uh, but it's also that, like, um, I don't know. Like, I want I want the Patreon to matter um, in the way that it used to, which is that, like, at the end of every episode, I would have bonus stuff. I would put it up. Like, you know, oh, there was a, an episode with Scott, an episode with Felix, or an episode with Matt Crispin, or whatever, right? I can go to the Patreon, I can like listen to, you know, X, Y, and Z questions being asked of them, you know, maybe 15 to 15 extra minutes, maybe even sometimes an hour of extra content. It was interesting. And there's stuff that goes up on the Patreon that I think is interesting, like little flashes of like really wonderful stuff. Obviously, the After Dark stuff with Liv is is um, the bread and butter of the Patreon and just like lovely um, and, and never should change. Um, the the Mark stuff is, is interesting too, like that's definitely fun. Um, and something people want a lot of, uh, you know, a couple, I've had a couple of like little brainstorms of a series here and there. The problem is there's just no straightforward way for me anyway, to do one of those things forever. Right. Uh, the Mark stuff, for instance, it's just like, it's too much work. I can't do a Marks episode every week because like some weeks I'm really busy and can't read 30 pages of Marks and write up lecture notes on them. You know, like if I was getting paid to teach the class, sure. Uh, I'm not, though. That's the thing, right? Um, I guess in a sense I am, if you count it as the Patreon, but, like, it feels a little it, it feels a little different. Um, and, in fact, you know, ultimately there's a bandwidth, so some weeks I'm not going to be able to do it. Uh, and then, you know, I get behind and I worry and I, I overplan and then I just don't do it again. Uh, take any of the other series, right? Like, um, remember some games... I love that series. Um, I probably haven't. Most of people listening to this haven't listened to it. There were only two episodes with uh, with David Roth and Stephen Heck. Um, I loved that series. the The idea of asking people about games they loved as kids um, in in the way that uh, Roth kind of championed in his "Remember Some Guys" work for Deadspin and then for um, Defector. Uh, but there weren't enough people that I could make it every week. Right? Like it, it it's a great idea when it comes about. And so thinking about all this stuff made me think like, you know what, maybe what needs to happen is I just need to kind of like throw a bunch of stuff up there. So, you know, some days this will be uh, maybe what it, I mean, today, for instance, is going to be a review of media. Uh, maybe it'll be uh, me reading a manga or a comic that I've been meaning to read. Maybe it'll be a full-fledged sort of like guest spot extra show. Maybe it'll be uh, me and Liv doing an After Dark. Maybe it'll be like, you know, it could be a million different things. The quality could change. The, the you know, some of them will be produced by Julian. Some of them won't be. Most of them won't be. Um, and so, like, this is important to me because it allows for a space in which I can 
produce consistent content on the Patreon and consistent content that I want out there without having to worry that it's like some sort of, you know, fleshed out finished project. Now, I recognize that's not necessarily the model of Patreon that a lot of people do. It's going to be different. Um, however, I think it's a model that really works for me and a model that ought to be interesting to any audience that's sort of like interested in my thoughts on stuff, which I mean, if you're subscribing to the Patreon, you're either doing us a favor or you're interested in my thoughts. As weird as that is for me to admit, you must in some level be interested in my thoughts. And so like, you know, this'll, this'll be a pipeline. Now, how long will I do this? I'll do it until I can do it. Right. Like I'm going to try and do it till mid November. And so like, that would be, you know, a good, oh, God, I mean, almost like, I'm not going to do the math right now because I'll embarrass myself, but over 100 episodes. Um, that would be cool. That'd be great, right? Um, maybe that'll happen. Maybe it won't. I'm not going to promise anything, but this is an experiment, and I think it's an interesting and fun experiment. So I'm hoping that um, you'll be interested enough to follow along if you're a, a patron already. If you're not a patron, it's patreon.com slash no cartridge. Um, I think that's correct now. I thought it, for a while... Um, it was uh, Hegelbahn, and people thought, well, that's weird. Um, it should probably not be uh, <laughs> named after the person who's getting it. Yeah, patreon.com slash no cartridge. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's 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 uh, $5 a month, and you'll get all this stuff. So hopefully that means $5 a month gets you 30 episodes, or 31 in certain cases. Um it might not mean that, but we'll, but we'll see. We're going to try it. Um, I think it's a cool idea. I think it's a fun idea. It energizes me and makes me happy. So let's see how it goes. Um, you know, some of them are going to be about 20 minutes long. Like this one will be. Some of them will be less. You know, maybe someday I'll just be like, I just got to cover Dora Hadoro, uh, you know, book one. Because, like, that's what I read this week and I'm just, like, obsessed with it. Uh, maybe some days I'll, I'll do, like, four episodes of Homicide, which is what we're doing today, in a row. Because I'm, like, I just get in a vibe. Maybe I'll do, like, Mark's five days in a row because, like, I feel like there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot of ways this can go, right? Um, that's the fun of it. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm excited to do something kind of unpredictable uh, with y'all. Okay, so um, that said, I didn't mean to say y'all there. That was a slip. I should have said use. Um, that, was, that would be closer to um, my dialect. Uh, okay, so the, um, the thing I want to talk to you about today is uh, episode one, season one, of the wonderful Barry Levinson show, uh, homicide life on the streets now homicide life in the streets is not streaming anywhere um if you contact me i can tell you where to get it uh online in a uh, legitimate way uh that will be very legitimate uh just message me dm me on facebook on uh, twitter i am around i will tell you how to get it in a legitimate way um but it's 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 a fantastic show and i think like in a weird sense it's become known as a precursor to another uh, excellent show, but one that, that I feel has aged much worse in, in a strange way. Like, this is a... Homicide began, I believe, in 1991 or 1994, maybe? Hold on, let me check. This is something that will be uh, very similar on most of these episodes, is that, like, I will uh, not know something, and um, that'll be a problem, and I'll have to look it up while we're talking. But that is part of this uh, fun here. Uh, it started on 93, so I was uh, somewhere in the middle. Uh, but 1993, it definitely has hallmarks of 1993. It is a 90s show. It is in, you know, standard definition. It is, uh, there's a lot of boxy cars and, like, no cell phones and stuff, right? People are smoking in cop in police stations and, uh, <laughs> like, interrogation rooms. It's just, it is what it is, right? But 
it has aged in some ways way better than The Wire. And I don't know if I'll cover The Wire on this. If I l end up loving this, I will. Um, but I think mainly I'm just focusing on getting through Homicide. Um, because Homicide is like, you know, the book that the show was based off was, was written by David Simon. And then David Simon wrote The Wire. So there's this sort of like David Simon um, overview. And, and you know, despite his Twitter, he is a very uh, prolific and excellent uh, TV writer. The thing about David Simon, though, is that the Wire always sort of like it, it. It criticizes the police, but in this sort of overarching critique of the system. Homicide critiques the system, but also is like not lionizing of the police at all. Um, I'll explain that, but I think it's really fascinating to see how homicide works because it is a better critique of everything happening. Um, it is also more depressing, and there's less of a uh, coherent conclusion. Right. Like, yeah, The Wire, if, if anyone is worried about spoilers for The Wire, please stop listening for just like one second. But The Wire season one is interesting because they set up this whole investigation and it basically doesn't work. Right. It's like this fascinating, like extremely in-depth investigation. And it, it doesn't not only does it not work, but it essentially ends with the death of uh, one of the best characters or one of the most likable characters, Wallace. Right. Um, and so, you know, it's it everything ends up in a shambles and that's, that's really cool. Like, I think that's one of the best parts of, of the wire as a series is that ending of season one where everything just kind of like falls apart and nothing, you know, they don't get anyone except kind of like a, a worn out Avon Barksdale who just kind of like passes off the, the rest of, or I guess it's not Avon. Do they get Avon there? No, they get, I forget how it ends, but they get basically like one of the lieutenants effectively. I forget if they get Avon or his brother. Um, but one of the Barksdales and then like the rest of the organization is just fine to keep on selling drugs. Right. Um, and no one is happy. There's no winners at the end of the season. And that's cool. However, what I think is interesting about the wire is that by the end of the series, you know, you end the series again, spoilers for the wire. You end the series with this like um, uh, 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 Irish funeral for uh, Jimmy McNulty. And uh, that, is like such a weird thing, right? To sort of say like, yeah, in the end, Jimmy is the hero of this thing, the flawed hero. I think the idea of a flawed hero is my issue. You have so many flawed heroes in in The Wire. You got Stringer Bell, you have Omar, you have Jimmy, you have uh, Bunny, the guy who makes Hamsterdam. You have like all these characters who are these like flawed heroes. Um, that's not really what happens in Homicide. In Homicide, you get a bunch of flawed people who are nowhere near heroes and are essentially like very interesting to follow because they are quirky and weird and enjoyable to watch and have like these these very fascinating character elements. Um, it, it, it feeds into the procedural energies that everyone likes, including myself. Like, don't get me wrong. This is not a critique of procedurals by any means. It is a... <clears throat> it's a... It is a loving tribute to the procedural um, done in its finest form. Um, I will watch any procedural, no matter how trashy. Um, speaking of which, of course, uh, Homicide is the place where John Munch of SVU first shows up. Not just the character Richard Belzer, not the character actor Richard Belzer, but indeed the character John Munch uh, begins in Homicide and uh, moves on into SVU. Very interesting. There was a crossover episode because, um, I guess they decided that it needed to be in the same universe and the original law and order. And I guess they just kind of scooped up Richard Belzer and said, okay, Munch, you're a cool character. So you get to live on an SVU. Um, but the characters in these like are interesting. And also they're just like, it's not that they're comically inept, 
because that that as we saw with Officer Prisbaluski in The Wire, there's a kind of joy that comes with ineptitude as well. It's not that they're inept; they are they're just people, right? Like they're just random people thrown into this with all their regular like prejudices and inabilities and and iniquities and whatever that regular people have, and and they are, you know put into this position of extreme power, life and death over people. Um, you know, are you going to go to jail forever? Or are you not? Um, you know, just this, this, this ultimate capstone of policing as it's represented at the homicide department is staffed with people who are not, uh, extraordinary, right? Um, you have Daniel Baldwin's character. Who's like, just kind of this like greasy guy. Who's from the, the, um, the drug squad and like he just like he's kind of just like a doofus but he you know he's fun you also have andre brar's character pembleton who uh frank pembleton uh who is like ultra full of himself right but he's like you see in his uh conversations with yafet koto's sergeant character g that like uh i believe his last name is giordano like Sergeant Giordano, uh, you, you you see the sort of like this element of him dressing the way he does and, and um, articulating the way he does to set himself apart from uh, the other white people in the um, the the from the white people. He is he is black um, in the station. And this idea that uh, it's almost like a W.E.B. Du Bois talented 10th sort of thing, like, you know, be be like uh you know, 30 times better than uh, the average um, to, to rise through the ranks. And he sort of, you know, speaks with Kodo about this. And Kodo's character, um, Giordano, is just like another black man from Baltimore, we're told. And he is just uh, very interested in, you know, keeping things moving along. Pembleton needs a partner. Pem- uh, you know, uh, 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 Baldwin's character needs to wear a tie. Like, this is just like, you know, solve murders, get through it, just, just you know, make my job easier. And even he, though, is is like uh, projected as this like uh, Swami kind of figure, right? Swami is probably a little dicey. Uh, He's uh, sorry, I'm thinking of Seinfeld. He's like he's sort of like he's sort of like an all-knowing sort of character, right? He's he's seen as like God of the police room, but like he's like Polonius from Hamlet, in that like all of his um, all of and I I should say Koto plays him wonderfully. Uh, you know, you, you might look at it and say, like, this is wooden at first, but it is exactly how this character has to be played. It's perfect. Um, but he's basically like Polonius and Hamlet. He has all these platitudes that, like, don't help anything, right? Like, he's showing um, the new guy. Uh, the um, I forget the actor's name. Um, hold on a second. The actor's name is... Oh, Kyle Sakor. Um Kyle Sakor's character, who's new and ends up uh, teaming with Frank Pembleton uh, to make the the duo that will um, uh, just, you know, heartbreaking, wild, maybe one of my favorite stories in television, period, for the rest of the season. Just like an unbelievable thing that is introduced at the end of the episode, the murder that sort of like goes through the entire season um, and an, an instance of failure, I should say, far more interesting to me than season one of The Wire. Um but the um, the you know the detective points to the board right where they write the names in red and black and he goes the board like this is uh, this is like life and death you know if you want truth this is the closest you're gonna get to God right it's like it sounds really impressive but it's so dumb right like it's 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 nonsense and it makes total sense that later on in the movie he goes on to do politics like he 
he is a very, very likable character. I don't want to, don't get me wrong. I love this character, but he doesn't have anything to say, right? There's nothing, there's nothing uh, magical about what, what uh, Giordano is saying. He is the power in the room and he is fascinating to watch, like talk to his, his uh, people, but he is just as much just like a guy, like everyone else in here. There's a, um, a woman played by uh, Melissa Leo, um, Kay Howard, who is like really good at her job, but also um, just kind of does her job normally. Um, she's she's Baldwin's uh, partner. Um, you know, uh, Belzer's teamed up with um, oh Roy Beatty who's fantastic in this, who's just like a meathead, right? But he's also kind of like, he seems to be the smartest cop, right? Belzer can't, Belzer's lazy, um, Munch. Munch is lazy, Munch like, you know, he's like, uh, um, uh, Beatty's character keeps telling him like, Detective Munch, you have this, uh, you know, you hear that word, it's 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 your responsibility to save this girl. And he's just like, shut up, man. Like, there's so much bread on the, on the board. Like, I just want to get, I just want to close the case. Like, come on, please. Um, and he just like he, he goads him into figuring it out. But Munch's revelation is just this idea that he's looking through photos and he realizes someone who like he's looking for a blonde guy and he realizes someone has blonde eyebrows and brown hair. And he realizes, oh, this guy she, uh, dyed his hair. He asks him if he killed this girl uh, by running her down by accident. And he just basically admits it right away. He says, I was drinking. Um and Beatty at the end goes to like ream out the the me um, because like hey you know you 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 gave a wrongful you didn't say this was murder like this really screwed us up and it's a woman and he's totally like charmed by her and doesn't doesn't push back right it's just like these doofuses it, it, and not like in a Barney Fife sort of way these are these are people who like you could totally see in your everyday life they just like they also happen to be these ultra powerful people and so like. The, the cases themselves as a result are not the sort of dramatic like um, deus ex machina of something like an SVU or even like a law and order. They are like piddling. They're easy. There's like they're like they are either easy or they produce nothing. There's a great bit where uh, two of the cops. Um, oh, gosh, I forget their names. But like the uh, basically it's this. Um, let's see if I can find um, blah, 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 blah. Um, show more. Oh man, somebody! Oh, John Polito's character and um, not Sean Nelson. Oh boy, um, I can't find the other guy, but he's great. Um, I don't know how long he's in the show. This is like like any detective show; they they run through people a lot. Um, but anyway, like yeah, like uh, um, uh. Sorry, this will happen too in these episodes when I sort of lose my way. Um, Polito's character, oh, and his partner, and his partner's always calling him Salami Brain, uh, and he he keeps, you know, you're gonna regret that. Um, and it's a joke, and but it's a joke that also he's like, you know, he writes a letter and he's gonna send it in, and that's a gag when they're all eating crabs and stuff like that. And his partner's like, don't send that in; it'll get on my permanent record. It's like sexual harassment, and everyone laughs off the sexual harassment, including Kay, the detective we talked about before. Like, there's all these underlying things that are like must absolutely suck for these people, but they just get along to get along. And you as an audience see him doing it. And it's not like they're the messages, you know, they should be celebrated for getting along to get along. They're just like, they, they're just like, you know, shells. They don't, they don't mean anything necessarily outside of their quirks. They're interesting. 
but they are not heroes. Um, but Polito and his partner are looking into this um, this shooting, and they realize that it's probably perpetrated by this grandmother who keeps killing her husbands and attacking her fatally, near fatally attacking her granddaughter in order to get payments from the state. Really weird, and like they can't prove it because they lost the body in the graveyard. They keep asking it's like nearsighted graveyard tender, like oh, where where is the body? And they keep digging up the wrong ones. Like it's goofy, it's very funny, but like that, and then just like utterly tragic elements like the like the main case in the series in this uh season they just go back to back and it's just it's this wonderful balance of just like the mundane and the exceptional treated exactly the same way which in a in a way like just makes the police seem like functions of the state let's say that like in the wire and in all other procedurals the police have these like outgoing personalities and more often than not you have one who is just like so good at solving cases that they become like they are the case cracker right this is this is the person who cracks the case in this like yeah there are people who are better at it or 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 whatever but like they're all kind of just like there they're solving the cases that fall on their lap there's not like a poirot in this right this isn't an agatha christie piece this is just like a bunch of people who are slowly chugging along with the state and they themselves don't see any heroism in what they do. There's no thin blue line talk. There's nothing like, like there's one mention of blue over, over, you know, it's when, it's when Giordano says it to, to um, Pembleton. He says, you know, like, this isn't a black thing. It's a blue thing. But like, again, Pembleton's Polonius, like, I'm sorry, not Pembleton, uh, Giordano's Polonius. Like, it's stupid. Like, it's a, it's a ridiculous platitude. No one believes it. And so, like, what's fascinating about Homicide is it is this, like, bloodless representation of a police department where no one in it is particularly hyper-competent, no one in it is admirable, and no one in it really gives a damn about, like, the, 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 the sanctity of the job and protecting the innocent and being the thin blue line. Like, all that garbage is thrown out the window, only, you know, seen as platitudes. And as a result, you get this like you get this vision of policing that is, yeah, it's mundane, just like in the wire. It's it's boring. It's it's irritating. It's like slow, like they represented it. But it's not even hero. It's not even heroic. It's just like this thing that the state does. And that is really demystifying in a, in a moment like now. Like, I think this is an important show for right now because it is not like it just shows police as these like bumbling civil servants in a way that is not anti-government it is not pro-police um and it's fascinating that way so i'm looking forward to watching more this first episode was a blast um and i'm i'm gonna be doing more and more uh but thank you for being here with me for this thank you for listening if this is on the main feed you of course you know you're under no obligation to join the patreon but i'm hoping that there's going to be really interesting stuff coming in um and you know you'll see more and more i'll be i'll be promoting these under the shows on days when there aren't shows this is the this is the new plan so thanks everyone and i will talk to you soon uh patreon.com slash no cartridge for more